Welcome to the Von Nelson Podcast. With me today is CEO and CIO, Chris Wallace. Welcome, Chris. Good to be here, Dan. All right, Chris, we're going to start this one off with a couple of our favorite topics, uh, inflation and COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, this week, we saw that the, the head of the San Francisco Fed um, announced that they believe COVID is, is the real reason why inflation is so high. Um, and we saw that followed up with Biden in the White House stating that we need to further vaccinate uh, in order to ease inflation. So the question here at Prozing is, you know, how, how big of a driver is COVID, is COVID on inflationary pressures? Yeah, it, it, you know, in the simplest terms, they're both lying and they're politically scapegoating and they need to change the narrative for a host of reasons. And the primary reason is inflation's become a top uh, political issue, as it should, and it's out of control or was out of control. It's peaking now. Um, COVID is deflationary. Uh, A pandemic reduces demand, destroys employment, destroys income. Uh, The blaming supply chains couldn't be further from the truth. And if you look at inflationary pressures, while they certainly are impacting global markets, they're uh, significantly more elevated in the U.S. than elsewhere. And if it was just supply chains, that wouldn't be the case. We are having inflation for one reason and one reason only, and that is that they overstimulated. They uh, transfer payments of in excess of the income lost to the tune of $1.5 trillion, and the Fed grew the money supply to um, uh, allow those transfer payments to occur without crowding out the private sector. So we are having inflation specifically because of the policy response from Congress and the culpability of the Fed in monetizing those decisions. That is the reason we're having inflation, period, end of story. And it will ease, and it is easing, but only because stimulus and the impact of the liquidity and of those transfer payments are waning. So don't think for one second fixing supply chains is going to reduce the inflationary pressures and don't think for one second that a pandemic is inflationary. In one area, I'm sure you know most folks on a global basis today would, would love to see some inflationary pressures uh, become ease in the energy market. And you know we, we saw that Biden had asked the Federal Trade Commission to investigate pricing uh, inside of these energy markets. And you know, we, we've discussed energy markets and energy yeah. prices uh, you know at length over the last few podcasts. But you know, do you think that there's some element of collusion here that are, is driving prices? Yeah, you know, individual markets, you know, in, especially if they're um, a spot price, uh, you know, certainly in concentrated markets, there can be some collusive activity. But, you know, again, this is just unmitigated uh, BS. I mean, that's not what's driving energy prices higher. Um, and I'm sure they'll, they'll find somebody to blame. Again, this is political scapegoating. We couldn't have a probably a worse energy policy. If you want to move to renewables, it takes a tremendous amount of investment in fossil fuels to fund the infrastructure to do so. And we have a, a energy policy built out of hope. We've been underinvesting for a number of years. Um, Russia and China are running circles around us. They're really boxing in Europe, uh, not just with the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, but they've done an excellent job of buying into the gas fields that Iran has recently discovered that are massive that will probably ultimately end up being a complete stranglehold on Europe. And, you know, if our uh, 
government officials don't get serious and get very educated on energy markets and how they function, they're in for a very rude awakening over the next 12 months. And, and I, this is not an exaggeration. We have enough energy to meet demand near term, and a cold winter will have an impact on that. Um, but as we look into 2023, if we don't see a material ramp up in investment, and it has to be sustained for a number of years, we're going to have much higher energy prices, and it's bleeding over into food. And I, it's not an exaggeration when I tell you, say I think our policies will end up killing people around the world. We're going to have food shortages. We're going to have energy shortages. And we're going to think, I think we're going to get a very rude awakening as to where things come from and where they don't. And political narratives and platitudes don't feed, clothe, house, and keep people secure. So I, I, I expect a, a lot more misdirection, but investors shouldn't be fooled. The, the COVID and, and collusion, that's not what it's work here. It's, it's lack of investment and very, very, very poor policies. Yeah. And, and touching on some other things that, that folks should be keeping an eye on, um, you know, we've, we've noticed an unusual occurrence in the market where gold and oil have, have been correlated recently north of 0.8. Yeah. Um, and you know, do you think this is an indicator of a regime shift? Do you think that, um, you know, or what, what are some of these things that investors should be keeping an eye out for? Yeah, you know, uh, investors in, in the popular press have been talking about the potential for a bubble in, in risk assets for some time. And some people have referred to it as the everything bubble. Um, we're in a bubble. There's no question about it. That's why it's so easy to make money right now. You can, you know, copy a digital image off the internet and post it, and somebody will give you a few thousand dollars for it. I mean, we have excess liquidity, as we talked about, the excess one and a half trillion. And it's not unlike the bubble at the end of the late 90s, where it was excess stimulus uh, that, that drove it to incredible heights. Um, I do think there's something going on. I don't know if the regime shift is simply we're having peaking inflation and peaking economic growth and peaking liquidity all at the same time. Um, is it more geopolitical in the sense that, you know, we're seeing tanks stack up on the Ukrainian border and the weakness out of the European, uh, the euro, uh, it may be signaling some, some pending geopolitical situation. Um, or it may be simpler than that. Um, you know, one of the biggest bubbles in the market is in the cryptocurrency space. And it's not to say that there's not going to be a, a longstanding value creation in that area, but in all new technologies, early in adoption, you get a lot of nefarious activity and you get a lot of exuberance, and typically you end up with some corrective action. And the SEC has been very explicit that they are going to uh, take a, a, a more uh, direct approach in regulating the crypto space. Um, so I think if I had to pick between everything that's going on, I'm leaning more towards something's getting ready to happen, happen in crypto, and that's going to impact a lot of marginal liquidity in the markets and create a scramble for dollars. Clearly, there's very serious issues with Tether, and it's involved in the pricing of Bitcoin um, and regulation in the, in, in the, whether it's in transactions or in the marketplace, will probably have a fairly disruptive impact, and that would pull liquidity out of the equity market. And I think that may surprise investors. 
Um, but that's also how we kind of get to a peak in bubbles. And certainly that could be what we're set up for and things could be quite different as we move into 2022. Yeah, and, that, and that's a good lead in as, you know, as we get closer to 2022, uh, thinking about market leadership and where we've been and we've seen, you know, a few different uh, shifts throughout the course of, of mm-hmm. 2021. Um, but what do you think would lead to a, a change in, in leadership uh, as we head into 2022? Yeah, I do think we're set up for uh, kind of a regime shift as we head into 2022. Uh, we are beginning another commodity cycle. It will be very different than the one we had uh, coming out of 2000 because China's going to have a very different role in the commodity cycle. That in and of itself is going to uh, present a regime shift uh, more away from growth and more towards a value-oriented market. Um, the CapEx required in a commodity cycle uh, pulls liquidity away from other areas of the market and makes growth in the economy more plentiful. So you typically don't have as big a premium for what you would typically call uh, growth stocks. Um, but I also think we're going to get a regime shift unless the Fed ramps liquidity back up, meaning, you know, it, it's almost like a base effect. We introduced so much liquidity into the markets in the last 12 to 18 months, just that stimulative impact and that waning impact over the next 12 months is going to lead to a regime shift as well. So I think, yeah, I do think we'll see a regime shift unless we see Fed ramping up QE and even more fiscal stimulus. The infrastructure bill is a borderline non-event for the market. Uh, It's going to, there's only an incremental, maybe a half a trillion dollars or so of spending. It's going to get spread over uh, several years, so it's it's very immaterial. But unless we saw a lot more fiscal stimulus and a lot more monetary stimulus, we're going to see a regime shift as we move through 22 for sure. Right. Well, good. Well, I think that's a good place for us to, to, to stop today. So thank you so much. Uh, good to see you, Chris. And uh, we'll be off next week for Thanksgiving, but we'll catch back up with you here in a couple weeks. Sounds good, Fantastic. Dan. Fantastic. Thanks. The views, information, and or opinions expressed during this podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of Von Nelson and its employees. Von Nelson does not verify and assumes no responsibility for the accuracy of any of the information contained in the podcast. The primary purpose of the information, opinions, and thoughts presented in this podcast is to educate and inform. This podcast or any podcast in the series does not constitute professional investment advice or services, and any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk. Past performance is not an indication of future performance. By accessing this podcast, you acknowledge that the entire contents of this podcast are the property of Von Nelson or used by Von Nelson with permission and are protected under U.S. copyright and trademark laws.